name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So now Jesus is going out 
And the temptation begins after fasting and praying, just determining, you know, how it is to be the sign to Christ. What if, if this is if this is my call? Then how does it happen? And the, the first temptation is if you are, if you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. Gotta be hungry, then 40 days. If you are the Son of God. And so there's a challenge, right? To, to the very identity of who Jesus is. If you are really X, then prove it. But there's an undercurrent is proof. Because there's always going to be a little bit of self-doubt anyway. Right? This is this is the thing, one of the things that gets to us all the time. You know, if anybody really knew how I felt and my thoughts are, they would just look at me like this. If anybody knew that I did this, then they wouldn't want anything to do with me. If anybody found out my deepest, darkest secret, they would reject me completely and totally. This is, this is the lies of temptation to begin with. There's Right, this is the reason that people often head towards addiction to start. This this pain of if somebody knew the real me, they would not love the real me. And this is the first challenge to Jesus. Rejecting being the beloved son and proving maybe if he was, if you are, why don't you change this this stone into bread? If you are sovereign, like Gabriel told your mother, that you're going to be sovereign, then why don't you just bow down and accept all these kingdoms and get them right now? And if you really want to be the Messiah and have a following, why don't you just jump off the temple and let angels catch you because that will attract a crowd. I mean, you want to get things going. Start jumping off the temple and get the angels to catch you. You go to the cathedral of St. Philip, but the bishop jump off and see, see what the following is. I'm not saying the bishop should do that. I'm just saying, you know, but, I mean, this, is, this will get some people. It'll get some followers. And, and messiahs have had followers. There have been people over the last 50 years before Jesus claiming to be the king, claiming to be messiah, getting a bunch of people. It doesn't end well. Herodians killed them, the Romans killed them, everybody's, you know, time after time after time after time, the size have come, the size have been defeated. You want to gather a following. And this, and this, so we've had already in, in Luke's Gospel this allusion sort of to, to, um, to Adam and sort of the original sin in the garden. But there's also this, this allusion to, to the Exodus. To the story of Israel to beginning to begin with, which is why we have 40 days of Lent, which is why we have 40 days of fasting, which is why, because Israelites had 40 years of wandering there, right? After, after they passed through the waters of the Red Sea and were delivered from slavery from Egypt, what's the first thing the Israelites do? They grumble that they don't have what? Bread. bread. They 
gold star, Chip. They don't have bread. Right, that's the first thing they grumble about. What's, what comes next? We've got making golden calves and things like that. We've got idolatry, right? Just the very things that Jesus says he rejects too, right? And we have seeking to be like other people. So we have all these things that are in the Exodus in this temptation as well. So, because what does God say? The first thing God says is, you are my chosen son, Israel. If you do what I do, I will make you, I will be your God, and you will be my children. And immediately Israel goes, goes, you know, away from that. But there's that wrestling, there's that failure. And so now we have Jesus not only representing um, all humanity by undoing Adam's but representing Israel, right? He is the chosen, the one who's come to save Israel. And, and how is he going to do that? How is that going to be accomplished? Not by, not by um, taking care of his own needs. Indeed, we see the miracles and the signs and the wonders do come, but they come by healing those indeed, right? Not he heals, he casts out demons, he rescues. Not by not by feeding himself, but by feeding those that he ministers to. The sermon then begins as Jesus begins his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he is anointed to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to announce Jubilee to Israel. Not to win over people by the signs of wonders. Indeed, we even have in, in, in John's Gospel, remember after the feeding of the 5,000, there are those who wanted to make him king. And then Jesus kept again and again and again saying harder and harder and harder things until people said, no, nah, that's all right. You may have done, you may have done fancy things, multiplying um, fish and loaves and feeding us, but these words are too tough and I'm out. And they went away. And, you know, this is, it's, it's a, a struggle all the time. Right for us, for the church, for the ways in which we're called to continue to deliver this message. My, you know, just just a few weeks ago, my brother was telling me uh, about about a church in in I don't know if it's in Roswell, it's in Roswell, somewhere near him, right? Where at the very 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 beginning of this pandemic, so back in May of 2020. This little church, the only was about our size, right, decided they're going to have a church. They're going to open back up. They're not going to have masks. They're not going to have anything. They're going to do it. And he said, and now they have like 300 people. And he said it, you know, sort of in this way. Look at, look at them, what they did. And, and you know, it, it reminded me of a story that my youth minister professor used to say. He'd been in ministry for a long time. And when, 
rectors would come and say, you need to get more teenagers into our youth program. It's out get more youth into the teenagers of the youth program. I only need two things. Lots of beer and enough money to buy off the police. You have all the teenagers you want, if that's what you want. Well, what kind of what kind of ministry is that? Right? What kind of what kind of message is, is the most important thing in in uh, in our uh, metric in our church life? Is it is it the number of people that come, or is it the depth of how deep they go? And this is what Jesus is being is being tempted with. What he calls these twelve, as we remember sort of our last passages, we finally sort of get to where we were before. Remember, Jesus goes and he, and he calls Peter and James and John and Andrew, and he calls the other twelve, and he begins this sort of Israel team of healing and blessing. Because we know, even though we've veiled our crosses so you don't remember exactly um, what happened right in the season of Lent, the reason we veil our crosses is sort of to, that we can walk that path um, with Jesus. That we don't know exactly, but we know that Jesus ultimately gives himself. That being the Messiah, the Christ, is mission of sacrifice, of humility, that the way to gain the whole world isn't by bowing down to the world. The way to gain the whole world is by giving yourself up, that the world has life in Jesus. And so as we come today to this beginning of Lent and walking this Lenten season. We come not looking for the biggest, or the brightest, or the best, or the shiniest in relation to the world. We come longing to know what God wants. Because God also, as you remember, maybe, um, the sermon is a long time ago, so maybe you don't that message of Jesus, you are my beloved, with you I'm well pleased. When we, um, who have been um, raised with Christ in the resurrection, and we share in Christ's crucifixion, we share in Christ's resurrection, we share in Christ's ascension, we share in the Holy Spirit's coming, that means we also share in Christ's baptism, which means God also says to each one of us, you are my beloved, with you I'm well pleased. And I know, if you're anything like me, that there have been plenty of times where you've heard those words of temptation come to you and you, they say, if you really are beloved by God, then why do you act like this? If you really are beloved by God, really,
we pray against those words. Those words come to us. We are the beloved sons and daughters of the living God. You are well pleased by God and reject any of those voices that tell you you're not. Any of those voices that say you're less than. Any of those voices that call you in a different direction. But the goal of Lent is to hear the voice of God more 